Welcome to This is 65, an interview show featuring inspiring stories from accomplished professionals. I am your host, Erin Ackenheil, and this is brought to you by Blackpoint Insurance, where we help Medicare beneficiaries learn about the A, B, C's, and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers nationwide learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Let's get this show started. Hello and welcome to This is 65. My name is Erin Ackenheil and this is brought to you by Blackpoint Insurance. At Blackpoint, we help Medicare beneficiaries nationwide learn about the A, B, C's and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Through that process, we meet some amazing individuals authors, entrepreneurs, people on their encore careers, side hustlers, volunteers, you name it, we meet them through this process. And they've got amazing dynamic stories to share. And we just meet so many interesting individuals. And this whole show is about bringing their stories to you, uh, helping them help you with all the great advice and services that they provide. I am super excited about my guest today. Uh, Barry is a good friend as well as a client. He is hilarious. He brings so much to the table. Uh, he's written 17 books. He's got his own TikTok. I like to say Barry is a famous TikToker, and he calls himself the self-ordained gay rabbi. So I, you, you take it for what it's worth. That tells you a little bit about Barry's personality. He is awesome. And I'm so excited to bring him on the show. He has so much good information to share. He's been on his own spiritual journey for years. And his writings and his talks are amazingly inspirational. He's got a great heart. And I think what he brings to the table is really interesting for all of you and will help you uh, in your lives as well. So I'm very excited to bring him here. Welcome, Barry. Hi, how are you, Erin? I'm doing great. I'm so glad we finally got you on the show. I know before when I've talked to you about the show, you're like, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I want to be on there. I'm like, oh, yes, you do. With your personality, you're coming. You're on the show. You've got to tell everybody about all the great stuff that you do. And I'm just so excited to have you on. And so, Barry, I know you didn't start out as a spiritual leader and author, right? There was a whole different path. Tell me a little bit about your background and how this all started. Well, first, let me say that, you know, you are more than an insurance broker to me. You really are a friend. And doing business with friends is actually the best way to do business. And I really appreciate having you in my life, especially in older age. It means something to have people around me that I really feel I can trust. You know, you go through life, you get bruised and battered by the world. And uh, as you get older and older, you really want to know that the people who are near you will support you and care for you. And 100%. Thank you. Thank you. I care for you very much, Gary. Thanks for the shout out. And you're such a great friend. And you know, I think that's why we like each other. Uh, first of all, the gift of gab, we love to chat with each other. But I also just think because you're such a caring individual, and, and I am as well. Um, you know, I think that's why we had such a great connection. So I'm so glad to, to share you with everybody. So thanks for being on with me. My pleasure. So pleasure. tell us your story, Barry. What's your background? Well, I've had 27 jobs in my life. Uh, <laughs> I guess the big three were I was a ballet dancer. I was an English teacher, junior high and high school. And I was an entrepreneur. I had a market research company. 
But with 27 jobs, um, I really had a bad attitude. 26 of those jobs, I really didn't like working for other people. I didn't like the boss. But then the 27th job, I was the boss. And I still <laughs> didn't like the boss. So you can't there was something about work, you know, that just didn't appeal to me. The word for work in Hebrew means both work and worship. And the way you work is a combination of the two. That's what I like about our relationship. You combine work with worship. I didn't do that on any of my 27 jobs. It wasn't until I retired that I finally discovered the other side of that word, the sense of worship, that life is, is a meaningful worshiping experience. And I just didn't have it until older age. Right. So talk to me a little bit, you know, take it even further back before you start kind of embarking on your careers, right? Let's call them the 27 job career train, um, which everybody changes around a lot. So that's not that unusual. But tell me about your backdrop, because I don't think it was always easy for you growing up. And that kind of helped shape maybe you not being satisfied with some of those roles early on was just all that you had to go through as a child. So tell us a little bit just about that, that backdrop. You know, none of us get to choose our parents. We don't get to choose our circumstances. It's not until you've woken up to being uh, as a teenager or a young adult that you finally realize, I'm on my own. I have to do this myself. I didn't get to choose any of those people or circumstances. They shaped me. It all shaped me. And now I have to deal with what I've been given to make the best of it and to really move forward, hopefully. So my parents were Holocaust survivors. My father was from Lithuania. His family had been in Lithuania for more than 400 years when suddenly they decided they wanted to rid their country of all the Jews. He was um, taken to Dachau concentration camp by the Nazis where he was a forced laborer until he was expected to die. He was able to get his two children and his one of his sister's children into Catholic orphanages, and the three of them survived. My mother was a German Jew um, who ran throughout the war as a fugitive in her own country. If you think about what Blacks have gone through in America, transgendered people or women, who want an abortion, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what it's like to live in a fascist country where people are, are out to get you. They're, they want to see you dead. And um, being born into a family of five Holocaust survivors, you don't know who you are as a child. You don't know who they are. It takes a long time to go through life, to turn around at where you came and look back at where you came from to see the circumstances that made you who you are. My family taught me that we have to learn to cooperate. We have to learn to work together with others. We have to vote. We have to participate in society. But they also in, 
infused in me a sense that I am on my own. It's up to me. If life is a school and I was enrolled at birth and I'll graduate at death, my grades are going on my report card. This is my transcript. There's only one God. You can call him Adonai. You can call him Jesus. You can call him Allah or Krishna or anything you like. There's only one teacher and we are all students in this school and your grades are going on your report card. The way you succeed or fail depends on you. In the end, you have to look at yourself to determine uh, what your life means to you. And right. that's what I learned from them. That's yeah. what my family taught me. I mean, I think some, some amazing lessons come through. The other side of it, I feel like a lot of tremendous sadness, right? Because, you know, as much as they guided you and I think actually got you on a, a good track from their experiences to some degree, right? You know, teaching you the independence, the better or worse side of that. But I just yeah. feel like it's a lot of sadness in your household. Five Holocaust survivors. I can't even, I can't even imagine. And I feel like that could create like an aura of almost depression in your household. I mean, what was it like? Was that, did that affect you? Well, growing up, I, I didn't connect well with kids. I connected much better with adults. Um, when I graduated from high school, I went off on my own. I moved to Israel, actually, and became a ballet dancer there. After that, I moved to Holland um, and learned several foreign languages, came back to America. But I really didn't understand who I was and what life was all about. I was more than sad, more than depressed. I really was mentally unstable. Yes. It got worse and worse with drugs and alcohol and cigarettes. And uh, ultimately, I had to be mentally uh, contained. They had to put me in mental institutions twice. Three times I tried to commit suicide. I had a really bad decade, the 20s. And um, I had no idea what anything was all about. I just didn't understand life on planet Earth. Um, it was very hard. I was diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic and um, I was on psychiatric medication for 25 years. Oh it wasn't gosh. until the year 2000 that I got off of all psychiatric drugs of course, I've been clean and sober for almost 40 years. I got clean and sober at 31, and I'm 70 now. So next year, it'll be 40 years. That made a big difference in my life. But figuring... Congratulations, out, by the way. That's unbelievable. That's amazing. Great job. Thank you. You know, how did, how did you do it, Barry? I mean, like, so 31 years old, you managed to get clean and sober. How did you bounce back? I mean, that's a lot to go through and some traumatic 20s, right? What was the yeah. bounce back moment? AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous also introduced me to the idea of a higher power. I didn't come from a religious family. Um, we were just people. There was no sense of being different from anybody else, our neighbors. Um, we were just people. And um, Alcoholics Anonymous introduced me to the idea of a higher power. 
which I expanded upon through my years of sobriety, first by looking at my own religion. I mean, why look elsewhere? Start with, right. with who you are and what you've been influenced by, and then move out from there to discover more about this amazing world we live in that's not just made up of your people. Right. Well, when I think about you, Barry, I mean, I, I kind of think it sounds like it got sparked there, but you have been on a spiritual journey since then, right? You know, I mean, I've never even met a person who really has explored more religion and spirituality to the degree that you have. And obviously starting with your own, that seems sort of fairly typical of what people do when they're exploring, but you've taken it way further than that. So what was the catalyst? What made you so curious and interested more broadly um, in religion and spirituality? You know, every little thing makes a difference. I'm gay. My mother accepted my gayness easily. My father did not. Um, growing up in the 60s and the 70s, um, it was, of course, a very difficult time for gay people all over the world. I came out as gay in Israel, and it wasn't easy in those days, even though it's legal today and um, well accepted in, the, in Tel Aviv, even though the religious in Jerusalem have a hard time with it. Um, I lived in Tel Aviv and learning Hebrew, growing up amongst Jews in Israel uh, at that time opened me up to Jews from around the world. I learned Hebrew, I spoke French, later I learned Dutch and then some Spanish. You're so, so incredible. I mean, just like, oh my God, I just learned Spanish and Dutch. I mean, my God, you're amazing. Okay, go on, I'm sorry, Barry. Well, I digress on your excellence. <laughs> I, was, I was interested in people. English was my mother language, my mother tongue, but it wasn't my mother's tongue. She spoke to me in English. She didn't want to speak to me in German. So I learned English from somebody who didn't speak English as their mother tongue. It was her second language. So I, I felt a certain uncertainty about English even though it was the only language I had been taught. But there were so many languages in our household uh, at the time. My father spoke seven languages. My brother and sister wow. spoke three or four. My mother spoke two. I mean, the languages were just going crisscross. I ultimately <laughs> got a degree in linguistics and because I wanted to know why I was so fascinated by communication. Why was talking to people deeply, soulfully, something that I wanted to achieve. I didn't want to simply speak from my head or my heart. I wanted to speak from my soul. And I didn't know that. So I kept going from one language to another to try to find a way to create a bridge to talk to people and really feel understood and that I was communicating my separation and my distance from others and connecting in a way that I had never truly had before. That was, that was truly the motivation between, behind even dance, ballet. My mother lost her voice uh, from a thyroid operation and was mute for several years when I was 
a, a very small child, like three to five, three to wow. six. Very so formative years. Speak yeah. to her. I mean, I could speak to her, but she couldn't speak to me. And um, I felt that I was in a way muted, that that something inside of me couldn't couldn't communicate with others. Culture, language, travel, multiculturalism, these were the ways in which I felt I were given to me to, to connect to the world, to make this world safer and more secure, freer for everybody. And that was just the road. The ballet was a language that I learned in order to speak without words, but my whole body was just a vehicle. There was someone inside that vehicle and that spirit, that being in it had to find a way to express itself. So that's always been the motivation. It really sounds like it's this connected, this connectedness, right? That really kind of started things off for you, but it, it's gone further than that, Barry, right? So it kind of started out, you know, you're, you're getting clean and sober, you are getting on this spiritual journey, you're learning every language of the world, you're connecting to people through all these dynamic and awesome ways, which is just who you are. But then there's a point where it crossed over almost to more of a spiritual awakening, I want to say, where maybe you got to more of a place of contentment and happiness, right? You know, and just sort of made you the joyous person that you are now. I don't know if you were always joyous through the years, but you were just a joy. And I'd like you to just tell us a little bit about that. You know, how did it morph into something bigger and broader that really led you to a long-term contented place? Well, part of it was coming to San Francisco. If, if the world is a pyramid, then San Francisco is at the very top. You don't get closer to heaven than San Francisco. This is- I agree, I agree. <laughs> This, this is it. This is it. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't get better than this. But I moved to um, this Northern California. I met my boy, first boyfriend here uh, at the age of 36. We were together for 14 years. When I was 45, I semi-retired. But then by the age of 50, our relationship ended. It broke up. And... Um, I was tremendously happy to be in a relationship, to be connecting to one person, finally. My parents divorced. I didn't have a father. Um, my first boyfriend was the greatest man I had ever met. And I was so happy to be in, in a real relationship with someone who understood me. And when our relationship fell apart, mostly because he had AIDS, I'm HIV negative. He was HIV positive. When he got deathly sick, um, our relationship fell apart. He wasn't able to seek medical attention for it. He hated doctors. He hated the medical world. And it drove me crazy again because I couldn't You wanted him to take care of himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh when our God. relationship ended at 50 and I was a single gay man in, in the Castro, in the gay neighborhood of San Francisco, I went, oh, my God, I can't believe where I am. I'm off <laughs> of psychiatric meds. I need to find a reason for being. 
I need to find an understanding of what my life was all about and where, where it's going. Language didn't do it and a relationship didn't do it. I had to seek something deeper. Travel didn't do it. Education, I have two master's degrees. I was a teacher. It didn't do it. 27 jobs didn't do it. I had to look within for answers. And I went first to my own faith and I explored Judaism. Then I went to Christianity, then Islam, then Hinduism, then Buddhism, then Taoism. And it was. Like, I will find it here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my I had to go around the world to discover that I am not two-dimensional. I am three-dimensional inside, just like this world we live in is three-dimensional outside. God gave us two worlds. He gave us the world around us, but he gave us a tiny, tiny piece of it, very, very small. And then he gave us a world within us that is cosmic in size. It's huge. But we are so focused on that little piece of our world around us that we forget to look at the world within us and how to make it three-dimensional, how to become a fully card-carrying member of the human race, not just our faith or our nationality or our gender or our sexuality or our race. It doesn't say enough about who we are. Right. It doesn't say even scratch the surface. I feel like what you're saying here, Barry, is remarkably relatable. So while you've got your set of life circumstances that have led you where you are, everybody does. Everybody has their own set of experiences that leads them where they are. And I feel like so many people that I talk to are struggling with that contentment and figuring out and getting to know that person within and being happy. And so I think this is why your work is so inspirational because it's so relatable, even though there's not a lot of people that have your laundry list of experiences, right? You were a really dynamic person with so much out there and such a rich history, but everybody has their own history and it can kind of lead them to the same place. So I just think that's why uh, your work is so inspirational. So tell us about 17 books. I mean, once you got started, you couldn't stop. So the English teacher in you has got you writing, but your, you know, your spirituality has got you connected to have the right things to write. So tell us a little bit about that experience of writing 17 books and do you sell them? How do people get them? You know, what's the deal with the, the books you're writing? Well, the books are all free. They're all at my website, um, free of charge. I don't want you to have to suffer by paying for my books, I paid enough for the wisdom that I have. I started out with poetry. Um, I wrote a book called 89, uh, Becoming, 89 Poems of My Love for Me. Then I went to Judaism, which I see as coming from the head. And I wrote a book called um, The uh, Forbidden Fruits Perspective, Torah for Straight People. I came out of my stiff neck into my heart and I wrote a book called um, A Guest at Their Table, my gay Jewish review of Christ's feast of self-love. And then I went to my soul 
and I wrote a book on Hinduism, on redemption, on soulfulness, and how to get past your thoughts and your feelings to develop a conscience that you can make your guide. Once I had unified the Abrahamic faiths in me, of course, I started to look on the other side of the world, and I went to Hinduism. Hinduism figuratively emanates out of our navel, and it describes our relationship to our mother, that scar on our belly that we have that she doesn't have from our birth. She has a scar on her belly from her mother, and so on and so forth. Everybody is a human being because everybody has a navel. From that, you learn to contemplate the concept of being a human being. It's not enough to think, feel, and believe. You need to learn to contemplate. This is the beginning of mindfulness. After Hinduism comes Buddhism. The Buddha figuratively came from his genitals. He came from the realm of desire. And that's described in the Judeo-Christian concept of good and evil. The concept of being um, having an inclination to do good or an inclination to do bad. The Buddha addressed that more deeply. And uh, if Hinduism brought us contemplation, then Buddhism brought us meditation. And then came Taoism. Taoism figuratively emanates out from our uh, buttocks. It is <laughs> our buttocks? <laughs> exactly. We have our head up our ass half the time. <laughs> I love it. We have a door. It's a double door. It's a swing door. It goes two ways. And in our effort to try to discover what's inside of us and make our way through that darkness within us, we end up with our head up our ass. We end up screwing ourselves over and screwing other people over. And that's not the way to discover who you are. Lao Tzu brought us an understanding of paradox, how two things can be happening simultaneously and both of them can be true. To understand the wisdom of paradox, you need to delve down to the bottom of yourself, so to speak. And these are the six paths that were given to us after our ancient ancestors, the indigenists, understood mindfulness in their own way. So first came contemplation for, well, we have, we have thoughts. We think with our head. We have feelings. We feel from our heart. We have beliefs. We believe from our soul. We have um, contemplation, which emanates from our navel. We have desires that emanate from our genitals. We have questions that emanate out from our buttocks. And we have prayer. To understand all seven of these aspects of the forces within us, we have to go all the way back to our indigenous roots that we all share. So I wrote 17 books 
on these six faiths, but I wrote another 15 books on life on planet Earth today, which takes us all the way back to our indigenous roots. So all 32 books are available at my website free of charge. That's incredible. What, what, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> so Barry, tell me, I mean, you've just written so many books and I, I haven't even read them all. So I have to get out there and, uh, and read them. And I know I can read them for free on your website at barryzeve.com. So that I appreciate. Uh, tell me a little bit about the TikTok. So what was the introduction? How did Barry become a TikTok star? And what do you talk about on your TikTok? Well, I'm not a star. Um, I started out with Judaism. Not possible. You're 100% a star. <laughs> well, I shine. I shine from For within. Sure. But the shine emanates out from within. There's a For fire sure. in each one of us. Each one of us is illumination and warmth and burn and sound and smell and mystery and smoke. Each one of us has seven mysterious forces that are like a fire within us that emanate out throughout our being. But I decided that I wanted to express all of this in TikTok um, through three minute TikTok videos each day. And each day would progress. Um, we're now up to TikTok number 222. We've gone Amazing. through Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and most of Hinduism, we're just about to start our TikTok video on Buddhism. Um, and they're all available on my website. They're also all available on TikTok. All you have to do is go to the self-ordained gay rabbi or Juru. I'm also there as a Juru. <laughs> I forgot about that. So the Juru, so spell that for us. How do you spell Juru? J-E-W-R-U, Juru. Perfect. So go watch uh, the Juru on TikTok or go to Barry's website. We see it up here, barryzeve.com. All his TikToks and her bo his books are there available for you to read for free on his site. And you can connect to the TikTok videos. Uh, Barry, you are amazing. So before we move on and just wrap up today, just wanted to ask you, you know, if you were to just look back now at this point, you've been through a lot in your life. You really have. And you've really come through the other side, just spiritually connected. You've got a great attitude. You're so much fun. You finally like the boss, I guess. Things are going well, right? Um, so tell me what advice do you have for maybe like your 30, 40 year old self, right? In the throes of trying to get on the right track, what would you advise to others in the same situation? Um, you know, first of all, I would have to say that when I was 30, 40, 45, I was pretty stupid. Uh, <laughs> I was in a stupor. I was literally in a stupor. I didn't see what life was all about. That's what it means to be stupid. But I was more than that. I was ignorant. I, I, was, I ignored myself. I didn't understand what it meant to give attention to myself. Uh, if I had to talk to me today, uh, if, I had, if the me today had to talk to the me then, I would say to me that I spent a lot of time trying to get over the rainbow with fantasies 
and dreams about what I would find over the rainbow, I would say to myself that I tried to get to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I thought that dreaming or money would get me the hope that the rainbow stands for. But the real essence I would tell myself is to cut through the rainbow and look at what you see. There are seven colors in the rainbow. That rainbow is in our heart. Jesus was that rainbow in the flesh. He set a precedent. He showed us how to look at our feelings and to hope through our emotions. We're all red inside, full of rage. We're all orange, full of angst, anxiety. We're all yellow, full of fear, horror, terror. We're all green inside. We're all jealous of other people's container, light green. And we're all envious of other people's contents, dark green. We're all blue. And when I was 30 or 40, 45, I didn't know that I was sad. I really didn't know how sad I was. I didn't know how much I would regret. I didn't know how disappointed I was, not only in others, but in myself. And I didn't know how much I would grieve over the death of my loved ones. Those experiences of being blue had not yet entered me from within. It was only as I aged and I experienced my sorrow that I moved down the rainbow into purple, into indigo, into the mystery of life. That's the darkness that you need courage to move through in order to achieve hope. You discover the mystery of why God created you, why you're here, what little good you can do to contribute to his story, history. Don't try to change history. Try to contribute to his story. And then you'll make it down into the seventh color, violet, ecstasy. Everybody's seeking happiness. Everybody wants comfort for the vehicle. Happiness, comfort is not enough. Seek ecstasy in moving closer and closer to our teacher, to our creator. If you get to violet, you will be homeward bound, as the Buddha described it. You will be on your way to ultraviolet. What <laughs> is I'm going there, Barry. Then I am totally inspired. You're speaking to me, not just your 40, 45-year-old self. You're talking to me here, Barry. I love it. So you. you are incredible. I just want to remind everybody, please go to Barry's website, barryzeeb.com. Uh, click on his TikTok videos, watch the Juru. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, he's such a great person and human. And Barry, ever since I've known you, you've just been a real inspiration to me. I so appreciate you coming on today. For everybody out there, give Barry a like, say hello, visit his website. 
We really appreciate you all watching today. And Barry, thank you, thank you, thank you for being my guest today. You are incredible. Thank you, too. Thank you very much, Erin. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. Good fun. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to This is 65. Please subscribe to the Black Point Insurance YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow me, Erin Ackenheil, on LinkedIn and Facebook. See you next time.